0: Jonathan, what does Prodigal mean? What? It means Nightwing's Batman. You're listening to The Run. It is The Run. This is The Run. It is The Run. The Run. Hi, hello, how you doing? I'm your host David Boyce. This is the Run, a comic book podcast about runs, be it creators, characters, or sagas. With me, as always, John the Kovacs. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm just glad I finally made it into the uh, intro for an episode.
0: Oh, well, lovely. Even uh, Chris just is on a spot, you know. Yeah, Chris is still out on assignment. Uh, much like last episode, we're gonna have his slots of prodigal slash troika storyline at the end of this. So, if you're a Chris head, stay tuned for that.
1: So. Chris head, we yeah. have to make shirts for everybody now. Chris head, Jonathan head, boys
0: heads. Let's let's wait till we get a thousand downloads per episode. Then we'll <laughs> worry about that. So we're coming to a close with the Nightfall saga. Batman broke his back. Had some nutball, John Paul Valley take over. His back broken. What would I say?
1: Batman broke his back.
0: Yeah, he broke it. But he didn't break it himself. Whatever. He had it broken by somebody else. Shut the else. fuck up. You're shut the fuck okay. up. Okay. Anyway, Batman broke his back. He fell on Bane's knee. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> He had some lunatic take over for the mantle of Batman while he was there. Instead of asking Nightwing like we asked, or we questioned at the beginning of that series, Azrael went crazy. Batman came back with a healed Jesus touchback, took him out, and now he's ready to mosey on and become Batman again. Or is he? turns out Batman needs more time to himself for some reason. He needs some soul searching. So this series is essentially... What should have happened when Batman broke his back? Maybe this is the apology tour or a what-if-but-actually-did-happen type of series. Before we get into the rundown of these issues, we'll go over the contents. Batman 512 through 514. Batman Shadow of the Bat 32 through 34. Detective Comics 679 through 681. And Robin 11 through 13. Creators, we got a crap ton here. Chuck Dixon, Alan Grant, Doug Monk all writing with illustrations by... Brett Blevins, M.D. Bright, John Cleary, Mike Gustavich, Phil Jimenez, Graham Nolan, Ron Wagner, and Lee Weeks. Bruce says he's not ready yet to become Batman, so he gives the mantle to Dick, a.k.a. Nightwing. Stay as Batman while he's gone and doing whatever the fuck he is soul-searching. I think that's what he literally says is soul-searching. Yeah, they don't really address it, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's Um, it's just an excuse to get Bruce out of the picture, even though he just came
1: back. They kind of explain it, which I don't like. But they basically said the only re- he said before he was ready to walk away until he found out that Azriel was going crazy. Yeah. And that's the only reason he stepped it up, came back, did all the training, kicked Azriel and sent him packing. And so I guess this was, OK, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to come back to this life? And so then he kicked Azriel out. And my old protege, who probably should have this job in the beginning... I need you to fill in for me
0: temporarily while I go do, like you said, soul searching. Right. And he fights actual villains, for the most part, that I was questioning why they didn't show up in Night Quest, the Crusade, which was first up Killer Croc, which was the biggest question mark, which made it seem like a slam dunk for Azriel to fight, being that he's had history with them before. But we get another gauntlet, in a way, of villains for Nightwing to go through Nightwing slash Batman. I guess we're just gonna call him Nightwing, but he's under the Batman outfit the entire time. See, I don't think it's actually a gauntlet, unless anymore. you want me to say Dick constantly. Well, it's not a gauntlet, but he's it's, it's it, it, Honestly, it it's goes multiple it, villains.
1: It to me, it goes back to the regular style of Batman stories. Yeah, it's it's well, the flavor of the month type stuff. Yeah, it's, with with it's, a villain in between. Yeah, it's the it's the, re- it's the way the books are now. It's the way you remember them. Like mm. we're not, you know, we we're reading this. And we're trying to... Be objective? Yes. We we said this before. We didn't think it was fair, the people that they set Asri up against, because it was it was nobody's, for the most part. People we didn't care about. Twin
0: yeah. cowboys, a robot man.
1: Besides the John Joker the story arc, I mean, the Mr. Freeze story was horrible. Yeah. And the Joker one was one of the best ones. And so, lo and behold, that's one of Batman's regular rogues. So, right. But anyway, I'm sorry.
0: Well, no, it's just... it's. Like we said, it, the killer croc wants to become or wants to get his revenge, and we just get Nightwing as Batman taking on the rogues that should have been in the Crusade, more or less. Well, except the Tallyman. The Tallyman shows back up to get revenge <laughs> against what Azrael did to him, yeah, but he doesn't can... realize because originally he thought Batman or he thought Bruce was Azrael, and now he thinks Dick is Azrael. Well, he's not smart enough to realize because they're wearing.
1: Tim's, or Dick's wearing the old Batman suit.
0: He mentions that, the Tally Man mentions that at one point, that you've changed your outfit yet again, and uh, Nightwing realizes that, oh, he must have fought Asriel at one point. But yeah, he fights he fights the Tally Man, which is, I don't know, pretty lame. The The Killer Croc story. That's which, all I want to mention on the Tally Man, because it was stupid. Yeah, let's let's move on. Tally Man still sucks ass. He fights Killer Croc in you, one you, issue.
1: Um, yeah, well, <clears throat> the first thing I want to mention is that I think it's interesting that when we first, however many issues back, we saw Killer Croc and the first time that Bane went up against him. I, I just think it's interesting the way that they artistically draw him there, kind of like, more looking like a green man, whereas now he's the way we recognize him with being all scaly, huge, and like giant crocodile mouth, you know? But it's just interesting that artistically they made that He's change. evolving. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I liked about this run with Dick as Batman is that the Killer Croc and then Scarface shows up and Dick has no... He doesn't know who these character, these villains are. Which yeah, they I, I showed like, up while he was nightwing yes, in his own town. Yes, I really like that he fresh to these characters, and it's a better perspective than Azrael being fresh to the characters. Because like Dick's like almost concerned that he doesn't know who these people are, right. whereas Azrael doesn't care that he doesn't recognize the rogues.
0: His different way of taking on the villains, but it's a more upbeat Batman book because. Nightwing was always, I wouldn't say whimsical, but he was more upbeat than Bruce ever was. Bruce was always the grim brooding guy. While when Nightwing was Robin at the time, he would be more cheerful because he was a fucking kid. I mean, now he's just a young adult. He's got a different take on Batman, but you can definitely tell that by the way their dialogue is. He's way more uptight. He's, he's kind of cheeky with Robin at times. He even calls him chum. It's like just, Adam West.
1: again, like we I mentioned last uh, episode, they just continue their, I don't want to say banter, but their the relationship they had when they were out running around as Nightwing and Robin it continues During on. Night's End. Yes. It just continues again here as Batman and so it creates a better dynamic duo between the two of them actually yeah. because they're they're talking all the time and they just have a, a different relationship than Bruce does with yeah. Tim. Better or Ma- yes. better Yes. Yeah. I don't want to say better. It's just a, it's, it's a different relationship and so it's the same people can have relationships with different people that are still positive it's just that the relationship you and I have on one-on-one is a little bit different than the relationship you have one-on-one with Chris, and it's just the fact that they that relationship didn't change at all because Dick became Batman. Now it's it's just the same that it was before.
0: Right? Did you have anything to say about the Killer Croc stuff?
1: No, I mean they basically go around Killer Croc just try. He's all healed up from Bane breaking his arms, and he's just trying to retake. His position is a, a crime enforcer, I guess, or a crime boss, and he just starts to actually kill all, a bunch of thugs. Uh, the only interesting, th- other couple of interesting things is they reference early on here that Dick is apparently still shaken from the nip. an episode years ago whenever Two-Face got the jump on Batman, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's that's the part I didn't like about this. There's and,
1: a- Well, yeah, and I, I, I'll reference that in a little while, what I think. But they they mention how like he's still shaken by this thing where, you know, he saved Bruce, but somebody else died, and... It kind of gets annoying how much they reference it. In my opinion, we'll get to that a little bit more. But also the fact that at this point, Jim Gordon is like, they the mayor and him are like surveying some damage from the bridge Asriel. fight. Yeah, and the mayor's still hard on for Asriel and Gordon He's become is, more of an authoritarian. Yeah and, yeah, and Gordon is really starting to question his relationship with Batman because now he just doesn't understand
0: what's going on. Right after yeah. that, and then when. Nightwing comes in to talk to him later, he ought, already knows that that's not Bruce either. Yeah, he, he, he now he's knows just, it's a third Batman. And he's just completely fed up with it. Yes. But, yeah, they have... I mean, the first thing is, we mentioned Kroc, Just they, they take care of him easily. It's just a nice follow-up to seeing what the hell actually happened to him. Uh, we mentioned the tally man, how much he sucks ass. The Ventriloquist, which they, I looked long and hard into this, they do not explain how he got over being shot. We obviously put the math together that he shot his hands. Yes. They never mentioned Socko or anything from Who Rules the Night ever again. Oh,
1: well, they mentioned Socko.
0: They mentioned Socko in passing, but they don't mention that aftermath at all. They just, they just say, yeah, Socko is... Gone. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I was curious to see what happened. Like, I, the only issues in between that was a couple of showcase things, but that was the origin of the Ventriloquist, which was a good read for being a showcase book, but apparently Scarface was someone else's dummy that the ventriloquist took from oh, okay I didn't know yeah. that. someone else made a ventriloquist dummy in prison and he was kind of a little insane as well and the ventriloquist himself kept taking Scarface and talking to him while he was the his cellmate was asleep and over time he bashed the cellmate to death with the dummy and he escaped okay yeah So that's interesting but after let's see tallyman killer croc they fight rat catcher which was kind of a weird one but I know he's a Batman villain he's the Pied Piper, he's like Pied Piper from The Flash, only for Batman, where he can just summon rats to do what he wants. Yes. And that's just a one and done issue. The uh, art by Lee Weeks was pretty nice. I always enjoyed Lee Weeks' art. Uh, I th- they mentioned a few more times about the, the whole Two Face debacle. And Two Face, this is the only part that I really didn't care for in the story, was that Two Face was the main antagonist for the most part of the storyline. We referenced this before, or I mentioned this before, I don't like Two
1: Face at all, but actually, I was dreading reading this but yeah. I actually liked his, his arc.
0: It was, it was better than most Two-Face stories. Yes,
1: it was. It, was actually, it wasn't that bad. I thought it was actually pretty good. I yeah. liked how he got out on a technicality, and then that set up his whole arc.
0: Yeah, it was someone named Harvey Kent was supposed to get out, which was his original name, which was just a cheeky throwback. But he got out on a paperwork technicality, and then he goes down the Fight Club role, uh, route of, if we destroy all the records, since they're all computer-based, all criminals will be free you can tell this is like when the internet was becoming a mainstream thing because they say weird ass shit like binary a lot and techno and stuff that you would like never hear in this day and age referring to computers ones and zeros
1: yeah like you said
0: they just the, his whole plot is that he
1: yeah he wants to destroy the computer system he kill first off he kills all of the or what 90% of the attorneys in the city which would actually throw the judicial system into chaos yeah
0: right then there he wouldn't have
1: to really do anything else but then he goes and starts destroying records and the way that he talks about the computer system it's again it it was the early 90s and so the way he talks about it is the way that a lot of people talked about it then then nobody knew and you you learned that all computers are based on ones and zeros and then early 90s you could impress somebody with that knowledge nowadays you go up to a kid that doesn't even care, wouldn't even pay attention. You say, hey, you know, that's all ones and zeros. All right there, Grandpa, get yeah. the hell
0: away from me. Yeah, Two-Face is the only really long arc in here, and some of what he does in the aftermath, they touch upon. There's three different crime bosses that got out. Nightwing deals with in one issue. Scarface was a single issue, which was kind of funny. <laughs> the ventriloquist, once he gets captured, one of his goons gets away, and there's like a fallback plan for the ventriloquist, if he gets captured, he's he instructing him to take Scarface and take him somewhere, and there's instructions there on what to do. And I believe it was something to the effect of a uh, how to speak. Yeah, basically yeah, the plan is... You know, if, how if, to throw if, your voice. If, a, if a
1: ventriloquist ever gets captured, go to this locker in this bus terminal, and there'll be stuff there. And it's uh, Rhino is the guy's name, which is funny because he's actually... One, he apparently always uses these two same henchmen because I recognize it from when I was watching Batman, the animated series... And he's thinking that there's going to be like money and a bunch of passports and a bunch of other stuff to help ventriloquists get out of jail. And all, that's in the, <laughs> all that's in the locker is a book of yeah. how to throw your voice. And then you get a look of Rhino on his face of like... The goon that huh? got him. Yeah, yeah. The, the one like... thing they do in that issue, though, it's really cool, is that I like that they showcase how... Again, since Dick came from the circus, he's a lot more... He's very—he's much more acrobatic than Bruce ever was. And there's a scene where he's guys are shooting at him out of a car that's kind of like half overturned. And he's just doing all these flips and whatnot to get around the gunfire. And then he does this badass flip. And he... I, I don't know. He, he's like standing... He's not standing on his head. But he like grabs the car. And he just... He punches a guy and kicks a guy at the same time. And it's very acrobatic. Yeah. And it's just pretty awesome.
0: I'm not really doing it justice by saying it. But it's, it's very... I wouldn't say laissez-faire, but they're just solid Batman stories that are just a more cheerful type of Batman while still getting the job done.
1: Well, the whole time, though, too, like they set up in the first one when they mentioned that until the Two-Face story, they keep they keep referencing his failure. Yeah, and he finally overcomes that. Yeah, and so that's the only thing. I, I kind of got annoyed by that. And again, I didn't read. And I said this. I kind of wish I'd had the time to read all the. Teen Titans stuff and all the Nightwing stuff. Because they're setting up that he's blaming all his failures with the Titans and as Nightwing on this one-ish episode where he let one guy die. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of annoyed by that because I feel like, no, come on, man. like Seriously, that's not why you had issues as a hero. Because it's not going to be all roses all the time. But they the whole time until they confronts Two-Face, they keep referencing that incident. Right. And then when they finally get to Two-Face...
0: Well, I guess it's just a way to to give him like a power level reduction in a way. That way he just doesn't kick his ass in like two seconds.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that he's so scared about going up against him. Meanwhile, he's gone up against Joker, which I think is way more yeah. scary of a character. And I'd have to look and see how many other of Batman's older villains he went up against, which I guess uh, it must have only been really Riddler, Joker, Two-Face, Penguin right. maybe. A lot of the other ones, I guess, are more recent.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I can think of to make two face a threat because he's just a regular guy with mental issues after the two face issue I, or two face arc where he finally defeats him. I mentioned before there's the crime bosses that he dispatches in one issue. And then finally there's a person that has descriptions of Azrael in his armor running around hurting people or killing people. So they think that Azrael's back in his armor. When we find out it's just a lame ass guy named steel jacket. Oh, God,
1: yeah. Uh, Real quick, one thing I do want to mention about the Two-Face, though. In the in The final issue, whenever he does finally confront Two-Face and beat him, there's a scene where he cuts all the lights, and then we see the, you know, the, everybody's shooting all around, right. and we see Batman's behind two of Two-Face's goons, and I love that he has this, this smirky grin on his face of, like, he's really enjoying this. Yeah. And I just like that they put that in there. And the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that Two-Face is like his white whale, apparently. And then the last panel, so the whole time he's dreading facing Two-Face, and then he beats him, and then he immediately is like funny thing, just as I'm getting good at this, I know I'm going to have to, have to give it up. And it's like, it's... <laughs> this is part eight I, of ten yeah, of the storyline, fellas. How fast he got to the part where he's like, oh, I beat Two-Face. I'm really good at this, apparently. You're already a decent hero. I just didn't like the, the how fast it flipped from, oh, I beat Two-Face, so I'm really good at yeah, this, I'm, I'm and I cool gotta guy. give it up. And yeah. I'm upset about
0: it. That was a wink and a nod. Well, not even a wink. It was a nod to the reader saying, hey, Bruce is coming back in a couple issues. Don't get used to this. Which yeah, you w- had to have known. Well, I don't know if you had to have known. You had he, he's going to come back, yeah. yeah. This is this is just what we wanted originally. Uh, yeah, we mentioned Steel Jacket. It turns out that it's not Asriel going around hurting these criminal goons. It's some weird-ass guy in armor named Steel Jacket. And we actually get a follow-up on Jean-Paul. Robin's chasing his, this Steel Jacket character down while... Uh, Dick Night, thinks Night, it's, yeah, Nightwing thinks it's Asriel, but he finds that Asriel's in a homeless shelter somewhere. And when he goes to confront him, Asriel freaks out and Dick's just like, it's not him. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're still not going to bring him the justice. We'll just leave him on his own. Still, this guy that's mentally unstable, whatever. Robin takes down Steel Jacket. Bruce comes back to finally take the mantle. I'm ready now after all this stuff. And they finally explain why Bruce didn't give the mantle of the bat to Dick when he should have.
1: Yeah, because I guess apparently it was all those problems he was having in his own Nightwing book with yeah. referencing, which doesn't make any sense. The one thing they did do, which I really liked, and I don't know why I never thought of this. I blame it on the Adam West show because they'd always say Dick was his ward. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I didn't really know, realize that Bruce actually adopted Dick. Maybe because they never actually addressed it that often. You don't really see their... You never see them out of the costume interacting as not that they have a normal life, but as father and son or whatnot. Right. And so there's a very... Uh, there's a very... It's like strict Touching dad. moment. Yeah. yeah, it's like strict and, dad the
0: son. And he didn't want to put his son, so to speak, in the line of fire. And he's
1: basically saying, you know, a distance grew between us. I left so many things unsaid. I handled it all wrong, but that's the way it always is, isn't it? And Dick's like, I don't know what you mean, the way what always is. And he's like between father and sons. Yeah. And so... You know, Dick was a little upset that he had to give up the mantle again because he was getting good at it. And basically, as soon as Bruce says it's my fault because of like you you leaving whenever he left being Robin and went off to lead the Teen Titans and become his own man, it really was all. You know, Bruce is basically saying it's all my fault. Yeah. That I I don't know what, but he's just saying that it's his fault. And then as soon as he that's whenever he's like, okay, yeah, you can have this back. I'm gonna go back to being Nightwing and whatnot. And I don't know why I never thought of that until recently, but it's not that often that we get those touching
0: moments between Bruce and his his kids. Yeah. Deep down, he didn't want his son to be in danger.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to say that, honestly, like I said, I, I uh, just got the, the Blu-ray version of the animated series for Christmas, so I went back and was watching a lot of them. In the earlier episodes especially, that more warmth between the two characters was conveyed a lot more, I noticed. Yeah. And I don't know why they conveyed it a lot more in the cartoon than it was. Picked, than I can see, could see it in the comics. I don't know why. That Different is, creative team and I also guess. motion.
0: Probably. Animation and helps. That,
1: and that was also one of the things that helped me realize their relationship. Like they said, that they were father and son, basically. So I, I don't know.
0: So Batman takes the mantle back from Nightwing. Nightwing becomes Nightwing again. And Batman gets a new costume, which I could not figure out for, I don't know, Two issues. What was different about it? Because Kelly Jones, now Troika is the follow-up to this, which is the epilogue to the epilogue, which is only four issues, and it was one of the other characters I begged for for Azrael to fight. It Was KG Beast was one of the was the main bad, baddie of that, which he's one of my favorite Batman villains.
1: Yeah, and they they set this up. I didn't realize that they were going to set up yeah. in in li- one issue Robin. They they started having these Russian, Russian guys. Eyes, yeah guys go around threatening people and Robin's girlfriend's aunt and uncle I guess are Russian. Yeah. And they threaten them. and then
0: yeah, Protection. Yes. Protection.
1: Yeah. And then there's a ma- uh, a panel where they have the leaders of this Troika, which I guess is a, a word for... Did you look that up at all? Family.
0: Okay. Or Trinity. I'm sorry. Trinity. Oh,
1: okay. Sorry. Because, um, yeah, I guess there's only three of the bosses, but then KG Beast is their enforcer. Right. And they and want to set up protection, also, basically, for... They're not protection, but they... They want a new Gotham, but they also want money. Well, that's a different plot, but I'm just saying that they, no, they set it up. Descends. Yeah, they... They're basically running protection rackets.
0: Yeah, they threaten Lucius Fox and they kill a couple Wayne Corp. Yeah, which was, I'm like. In a drive by in the middle (laughs) of the day, which is the part to just set up for Troika, I suppose. Yeah, uh, it's just. I love how
1: lawless Gotham is, apparently, they threatened Wayne Enterprise. They threatened, like you said, Lucius Fox. No, we're not paying you. Get the hell out of here. Like, all right, we'll just kill these guys. Yeah, and then they walk (laughs) out, they get in the limo, and he's like, it didn't go well. Do it. And then the guy just guns down the poor, innocent security guard. It's broad daylight. Yeah. What a bunch of ass... I mean, granted, they always are assholes, but I'm like, right. holy crap. And then the, the thing I love the most is apparently they don't call the police yeah. to tell them that <laughs> these guys shot our security guard. Gotham
0: GCPD is useless. Yeah. But this is all the fallout from that, because ha- that happened during Prodigal yes. in like, a couple pages. And Batman has a new suit, which is all black it's not blue it's
1: like dark is it all black yeah it's all
0: black just like the Keaton outfit Uh, his previous outfit was gray and bluish kind of black he's also got bigger see this is the thing though with Kelly Jones it's really hard to tell his outfit because he has such a distinct and different style that you had to read the next couple issues to figure out what was actually different since he draws Batman like a vampire ever since that Elseworlds story he drew years ago. And I was like, "Eh, he has bigger ears. I don't know. But everything's black. His gloves and boots are black. So it looks like he's wearing a onesie. Okay.
1: I couldn't tell if it it was all black or if all these colors were supposed to be a lot darker. Right. Because I feel like in other books, they convey that it's... Well, I guess because they do a black cape and
0: then a gray outfit. Yeah. And that makes it easier to see. Yeah. Okay. But even that gets amended at the end of this issue where he has... A different colored boots and gloves and whatnot. It doesn't look like he's wearing a onesie anymore. Yes. Yeah, it's it's just a, the Russian... Oh, yeah, Colonel Vega from The Search shows up. He's the leader of this Troika. So we he just kind of vanished with Asp at one point yes. after they left England, but he shows up, and he leads this Troika, and they want all this money, but one of theirs defects and wants to nuke Gotham, so Batman and Robin and Nightwing all stop him from...
1: Well, and the reason he wanted to nuke Gotham was because, and I guess... Couple issues. Who knows when, how far back he had some plot to irradiate the water supply. Yeah, this must have happened way before nightfall because they make mention of that. And then he, he failed. Yeah, he failed. And then he's dying though from radiation sickness because he was (laughs) he was dealing with that shit trying to he strapped the uh,
0: plutonium whatever it was he was going to radiate with it right to his body. And they're like. What'd you expect, you moron? Yeah, so Batman has to stop this Troika as well as stopping this other rogue defector of that Troika or that group, uh, as well as fighting KG Beast. Yes. And they saved the day. It's a very generic but fun Batman story. I like that Robin ripped out KG Beast's eye. That was... See, I was impressed by The cybernetic eye. Yeah, because Robin mentions that
1: apparently he fought KG Beast earlier, or he at least ran into him, and he was being kicked, beat up by, what, King Serpent or something? Yeah. The one thing I don't understand, well, I'm going to go back to the fact that the D.C. people, everybody is tougher because it's kind of messed up that they threaten Lucius Fox again. And then Lucius, and at this point, Bruce is in the um, in the office and then Lucius is like, no, I'm not paying you. So they say, "Okay, go ahead. And then KGB shoots a rocket again at the Wayne Tech chemicals and launches a giant chemical fire, which is like probably one of the most dangerous things ever okay so there's a new detective on major forces and he jump he goes in with bullock and they're basically running around this the, the plant's on fire and i'm like why would they even be in there but they run around and they're impressed that KGB like can deadlift this 500 pound barrel yeah he throws it at bullock after <laughs> bullock shoots him and he hits him in the face and bullock is yeah. not dead
0: yeah that's pretty funny
1: and i realized how loud that was when i said that that's okay okay these people are like tougher than the average person they have to be because yeah I would have been fine if they did something where he like hit him in the arm and broke his arm, and then he like hit his head against the barrel. Uh-huh. He f- straight up hits him in the face with a five hundred pound barrel. Oh, he's just unconscious. Yeah. Sledgehammers
0: to faces, barrels to faces. But yeah, funnier.
1: like yeah. the Robin fight with KG Beast, the one thing that doesn't make any sense, is he somehow managed to skewer his costume with the knife he has, but he doesn't hit him in the hit him in the meat or anything. He just like cuts his suit. But then Robin grabs the eye. And it's kind of funny that he's like, oh, it's not just a patch. It's actually cybernetically yeah. into his brain. Yeah. I just ripped Whoops. it all out. That's <laughs> really gross. Oh, that is really gross. Yeah.
0: They also mentioned before this previous fight with Batman, how KG Beast ripped off his own arm just to get away. So he's not one for, uh, he's not new to the whole cybernetic thing because his one arm is prosthetic as well.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty cool story. We should probably cover Night that of the one Beast. time. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: like maybe a bonus episode. I think that's a Jim Starlin joint. We can um, do it
1: later on, but that's yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Then it kind of starts KGB's hard on for Batman,
0: and uh, yeah, that's, that's it. They save the day. Gotham doesn't get nuked, and everyone becomes more of a family now. Bruce relies; he realizes he has to rely on Robin, Nightwing, later down the line, Catwoman, Batgirl, the Bat family at large, Birds of Prey. This is the beginning of Batman not becoming a loner so much anymore, and somewhat relying on Robin here and there. It's more of a family-oriented team going for- forward. What do you rate this? Nine, nine, yeah. All right. Prodigal.
1: I-, I was, I was dreading reading Prodigal, <laughs> but it was actually really, really good. Yeah, it was just fun. Yeah, it was. It, it was. I like I said. I really liked that Dick had been away I for so like long, <laughs> and that he, you know, three out of the major guys that we came across, Killer Croc, uh, Scarface, and Ratcatcher. He was like, "Wait, what? Who's this guy? What's his deal? Yeah. D- wait, wait, what?" He's like used to the old guy, old rogues. The old and the, guards, there's all yeah. these newer rogues. And it would have been kind of cool to have them see, interact with more. But three was enough. And the, the Two-Face story was actually really good, I thought. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I give it a nine. I, it was really good. I give it an eight. I think Toothface is still lame. It was one of his better stories. But, yeah, all around, this was fun. Art was all over the place, but that's what happens with the crossover. I, lo- I love the Jimenez. I didn't know Jimenez was on this. Uh, I love Lee Weeks' art. There was some weird, cartoony anime art in that Robin book as well that I wasn't want uh, to really talk about. That I, yeah. I, I kind of, I read it because we had to. This steel jacket character was just yeah. Steel stupid. jacket was super lame. That seems he's like a poor something. man's vulture. He's a poor man's me cross. Yeah, me cross. Whatever. The Jean Paul stuff was ham handed. Let's try to get some resolution. Bring him in or finally. Uh, see, I
1: actually liked it whenever Dick... don't leave him alone. <laughs> well, I liked whenever Dick tracked him down and he was sleeping. <laughs> And he freaked out and Dick was like gonna be all threatening to him and he's like, Aah! and then Dick was like, Oh wow, this isn't the
0: guy and he's well, like This is embarrassing <laughs> This is embarrassing. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, this this was fun, this was a relief to read, this is what we should have had. And I think that was maybe part of the whole point of what we wanted originally as well now that you went through what you thought you wanted, here's what you really wanted and as a replacement Batman story and what works all right you gave it a nine i give it an eight we'll find out what chris has at the end of this episode the one thing i also want to say that point i saw that
1: i noticed and this is an artistic thing but it was interesting that in one issue two-face had a his dollar or whatever it is that was scratched out i swear it said nineteen four question mark like they didn't have a date for like 1947 or whatever like the the first three numbers are clearly 194 and then the last number is what is that and then the next two issues later, I mean, this is his coin that he right, flips. Right, And the next two issues later, it's like 1995. I realized that. I thought it was interesting that maybe it's me being a continuity thing, but like it, the fact that they should almost always show you not show the date so that there isn't that thing. I, I, I know it's stupid, but I thought it was interesting. That's all.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's also interesting? Emails. And where can you email us, Jonathan? Therunpod at gmail.com. That is RunPod at gmail.com. Starfish Boy says... Hey, you guys are talking about 90s comics. Batman has changed over the years. What is your favorite 90s-fication of a character? There was a lot of them. As in, I'm guessing he's saying like the Spider-Clone or how Thor got a makeover with that belly shirt of his or something like that, or, or the Superman or Green Lantern. Wonder Woman, when Artemis became Wonder Woman. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I like Captain America's armor. Because they just gave him power armor because it was the thing to do at the time. He was dying of a blood disease from the super soldier serum. So Iron Man gave him this stupid-looking bulky armor. Yeah, he ends up wearing that again at the beginning of The Secret Wars. I'm yeah. going to say
1: the clone because
0: uh, yes. Ben Riley's spider suit is really cool. Do you like the Spider-Man one or the Scarlet spider I like them both. I think the Scarlet uh, Spider, I'll spider suit. I'll take both. I love the Scarlet Spider suit. He was my yeah. Spider-Man. I, I'll take those both. Um, I don't think there was any. I, I liked
1: Asbats. I like the original Asbats design, yeah. Um, and a lot, like you said, unfortunately the extreme thing, it didn't work. Thankfully, we calling Wolverine's horrible transformation part of this too. Yeah, yeah, anything that was, that was bad, but the when fact he turned, that... When
0: he became noseless and wore oh tattered God, clothes. Yeah, that was
1: bad. But I liked a lot of the... Even though, I mean, don't get me wrong, Cable can't carry that many guns and there's no reason to have that many pockets on like any of the X-Men suits, but their outfits for me always worked, even though they look kind of goofy... Yeah. They weren't they were always just right on the edge of being too extreme, but they they
0: never pulled anything out of the pockets. Right. But they were all right on the suit. The Avengers leather jackets.
1: Yeah, those are horrible.
0: I thought that was kind of cool. Captain America wearing this like belly leather jacket. It worked for some characters, not on like other Black ones. Knight. Yeah. Because he looked homeless. He grew out his hair and just had stubble constantly. Yeah. And then joined Ultra Force over at Malibu comics. <laughs> I think Captain America is like the only one that actually worked well on for some reason. I don't know why.
1: And it makes sense, though, that they would actually do something like that so that you have some type of... Because, I mean, the X-Men at least all had their X's on the suit somewhere. Yeah. They had the badge. So it makes sense that the Avengers would should do something like that because... Just give Black Widow
0: a fucking... Jacket for no reason no. and it, yeah. C C, it, But I What think. I'm getting at is it, it makes C C. sense C. that they
1: had Mantis. some type of way to identify them as Avengers is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, just the A logo on their shoulder. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anyone. Wasp when she turned into like an alien looking girl oh, my God, around that was the onslaught horrible. time. Yeah, that was horrible. Oh, God. There's so many. Mis- oh, God. The worst one. What about the worst one? I think the biggest offender is probably uh, Invisible Wolverine. Woman. No, Invisible Woman.
1: Oh come on! The I think thing, we talked. The boob about
0: window that. is great. I think we talked about that before. But
1: if if they came <sighs> out with if awful. they if they made that as a swimsuit for girls right now, that would actually be I pretty cool. I'm ugh, horn
0: dog over here. I think I'm not saying did. it didn't work sure, as an outfit. I'm sure you could Google that right now. It,
1: I'm, I'm, it didn't like work as an outfit, but as a swimsuit,
0: it's not a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm sure there's more. The yeah. Thor one was really bad too. That was bad. The I game. think Wolverine was the worst. I kind of liked the. the I don't know. I think I liked it in a sick way. Just if he's going to become feral, yeah, he shouldn't be well, wearing. Well, they
1: could have made it better. And I feel like this first issue, issue 100, whenever it happened, he yeah. looked better. But then Joe Midoriya's art, which I, I love him as an artist, but when he drew it, he started that whole no nose trend. And it's like, that doesn't work. Did you know they never resolved that? It just came back. What do you mean came back? His nose. Oh, yeah, I know. It, like one issue was there and then <laughs> they kind he was like the whole de-evolving. Thing. And then, yeah, during the whole Onslaught run, it just started he just got it back
0: yeah it just they just dropped it during writers like oh yeah let's just fucking forget that which is one of the best ways to retcon something just ignore it because i feel
1: like that issue of 100 wolverine 100 he had a nose and then all of a sudden midoria draws him without one and then they kind of ran with it for stupidly yeah and
0: it didn't make any sense yeah well that's a bunch of them i'm sure we'll think of more over time maybe we'll be asked that question again cuz I can't remember any questions we get asked after a couple weeks cuz I do recall the Boob Window talk before but that might have just been like some 90s chat in general. Next issue. See, that's clever because instead of episode I say issue. That's how I put them up online as well. But next issue. Uh-huh, yeah. Last last issue for this mini series. It's going to be Vengeance of Bane 2 and we're also going to look at a couple Asriel books of his own series where he takes on Bane for the second time. That's going to be the final overall and maybe some final thoughts maybe our favorite moments least favorite moments i mean we kind of went over them but
1: i think we could do a nice little yeah a quick
0: rundown just like favorite hero go favorite villain go something to that effect we'll see how it goes uh then we're gonna have a buffer episode a palate cleanser if you will just a one shot of something and then we're gonna start our next mini series. and i guess we'll announce it next episode to all 12 people out there (laughs) so jonathan until next time to be concluded and hello. It's Dave yet again for another episode of the post-run show with Chris, who couldn't be with us as uh, last episode, same as last episode. So, Chris, how you doing? How did uh, how'd you feel about Prodigal slash Troika, the epilogue and the epilogue epilogue? Uh,
2: I'm pretty fantastic. Uh, I felt pretty good about this story. Uh, Troika wasn't so good, but Prodigal was all right.
0: All right. Uh, all right. So people who listen to this already know how me and Jonathan feel about this. What what did you was this a good ending for the whole nightfall song? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> not,
2: not really, but it's just I felt like it came way too late that this should have this entire story of Bruce and reconciling with Dick and Robin and it's just this should have been the entire story truthfully and said they just staved it at the very end, it's uh, this is this is the story that made me really want to have this entire run just like rebooted. I would love to see them retackle this entire story.
0: Yeah, it would be a more positive and uplifting story, though, don't you think? It wouldn't be dark at all. It would also undermine the whole. This is why Batman works. Yes, makes us feel like an alternate universe story, but it's not. This is what we yeah. should have had, but a what if, so to speak.
2: Yeah, this should have been the whole entire story of just Batman coming to the Nightwing and Nightwing should have been involved more I feel like it this the story may have been jeopardized due to corporate meddling because maybe they're like oh Nightwing's in this book so we can't have him over here and vice versa if you're writing this story you would have Dick Grayson more highly involved but maybe that's just not where the character was at the time I'm not sure
0: yeah Jonathan was mentioned how he needed to read the Teen Titan stuff at the time to see where he was continuity wise yeah we don't know and I'm I didn't go down that road during uh time between recording that and getting a hold of you. So it's whatever. How did you feel about the villains and the trials that he had to go up against? Uh, was there a story or a confrontation you actually liked? Did you just feel indifferent about it?
2: So I remember mentioning a few episodes back how we were just kind of like two face sort of sucks. He has his one story and that's about it. Well, Robin number 11 was like, okay, this is kind of a Two-Face story I can get behind. I like how he broke into the information and he was going to be releasing prisoners and stuff. And I feel like that entire concept of him with information control behind the scenes nowadays could make for a very compelling and interesting story. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was all just kind of one to two issues, one and done. Yeah. And it made the Two-Face character real interesting. Like Robin 11 was awesome. But then when it continued again in like 5.13, just because of the shift in the writing team and everything, I just felt like it kind of went downhill after that. But they had a really cool idea, and I thought that they, they could have expanded more on it.
0: Yeah, just causing chaos by destroying the entire system. I was telling Jonathan what I thought was interesting. It was just how they were getting onto to the internet speak. <laughs> and they were saying stuff like <laughs> binary and techno and whatnot. It reminded me of... Uh, WWF during the mid 90s when Techno Team 2000 showed up. I don't know if you remember him but Mr. Dotcom
2: I have no idea what you're
0: talking about Techno t 2000 was like a tag team in 95 and 96 and then Mr.com he was at the beginning of the Attitude Era where I think he had the disciples of Destro- the DOA disciples of the apocalypse with him and he comes from the web and they're gonna destroy them all and they were gotten into a shitty feud with Legion of Doom or something like that but it just fizzled out immediately this isn't a wrestling podcast I'm digressing too much but
2: yeah, just no, the- it was definitely like like older stories about modern futuristic technology like two-face has a disc he's like i have a disc but i can access these databases with it it was just like you look at technology compared to today man it's like a usb drive at best nobody uses a disc come on yeah he
0: has like a he has a 14.2 megabyte floppy disc
2: yeah it's like a commodore floppy or something
0: yeah it's, it's pretty funny
2: Yeah, I mean, it was different from the regular Two
0: Face stuff, but I still felt it was kind of generic. And of all people to be afraid of, for we were talking about how Dick was afraid of Two Face because of when he was Robin, he fucked up. Yeah, he's he's fighting monsters like Killer Croc, which I would imagine is more terrifying.
2: Absolutely, I mean, Killer Croc's legit eating people. I just, it's just this this story has like a lot of good ideas. It's just such a terrible execution, like. You know, when Killer Croc's doing his thing, they just happen to be, by coincidence, they see this boat and they're like, oh, it's kind of late for a boat. Let's check it out. Yeah. Oh, there's Croc. Or what the fuck was it? It was the computer. They just go to the back computer and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's (laughs) Two-Face. Like the back computers. Like, let's just ask the computer. And the computer's like, here's the answer. It's, it's like, what the fuck is going on?
0: Yeah, were you and able- like, how
2: did Two Face even get released? I understand, like, the disinformation thing. Like I said, I like that idea. But at the same time, this motherfucker is the former district attorney with half of his face guard, and they confused him with somebody named Kent instead. Any guard has to be like, oh, wait a second.
0: Yeah, the, he's pretty, no, he's pretty uh, notorious. You would think that, wait, you're being free? <laughs> it's like if Charles right. Manson
2: got out on a technicality, and they're like, oh, well, all right, here you go. There's not going to be one prison guard being like, oh, I don't recognize that person. Sure.
0: That's that's funny now that you think about it like that. that is- <laughs> Charles Canson? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Did you do any uh, research? Probably not, but... We were talking about the ventriloquist and how he was able to survive several gunshots to himself.
2: No, uh, I was happy to see him back, but I was trying to keep an eye out on the artwork, see if he has missing fingers or something from his hand, because I assumed yeah. that he, like he shot his own hands up when we last saw him. But they didn't really mention anything.
0: Yeah, I, I did some. That's the only thing I did follow up on was. Well, that and Jonathan said Joe Midoriya did Wolverine 100, which was actually Adam Kubert, but whatever. Yeah, he just ate those bullets and just went on his own way. I just, I don't know, the continuity there with the big editorial team trying to put everything in place. You would think something like that wouldn't have been overlooked. It's whatever. Anything else struck your fancy about Prodigal or anything worth talking about that we may have missed or you wanted to just add upon?
2: I just, I really did enjoy the Ventriloquist story as well, especially when Ventriloquist throws the Scarface dummy down, and guy goes for the contingency plan, and it's a how to throw your voice book. Yeah, yeah, that was a good gag. <laughs> yeah, Tallyman came back.
0: Yeah, he, that was a surprise. Yeah. Were you? Were you shocked? And are you fucking kidding me? type of dealie
2: yeah because i'm pretty sure i mentioned and ah, we're never gonna see this guy again well <laughs> i stand corrected
0: it feels like Tallyman was put they were trying to push him as one of the newer villains i suppose nah he still sucks it ass just,
2: yeah it was not that great and then well don't even get me started on steel jacket
0: oh yeah let's, let's let's talk about steel jacket how lame was he the whole fake asriel sighting or whatever
2: they called it fucking terrible what the fuck am i reading at this it just felt so disconjointed
0: yeah, it it felt like they saw some image comics character. Like He
2: looks kind of like
0: Shadow Hawk.
2: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He looks like Shadow Hawk. Yeah, and
0: they just they just decided to throw him in there. And it doesn't help that that artist who was doing Robin, it wasn't... Robin had this weird thing where there's two artists on it. It had Jimenez, which was good. And then they had the other yes. guy. Like I said, I hate to f- just shit on people, but it was super low-rent anime, manga style. And... It just didn't make sense, the styles clashing with each other constantly.
2: I saw an interview with Neil Adams, and he was talking about illustrating and that the more style you have, the less correct you're doing it, him meaning that your drawing should look like photorealistic. And at first, like when I saw it, I was like, I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but after reading his drawing book, uh, maybe I do, because I did not like the way the artwork looked.
0: Was it a recent interview?
2: More or less recently, it's okay. like a bunch of different creator interviews that they have on uh, Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi Wire on YouTube.
0: I didn't know if that was conducted at the beginning of the '90s or whatever. Whenever the image guys started taking over,
2: this just should have been the story that should have been going on sooner throughout this entire run. Yeah,
0: I do like how Dick finds Jean Paul, and it's just a complete nothing.
2: He yeah, doesn't, he doesn't bring it was, in. the thing <laughs> Yeah, nothing happens again, and they were like with the looming threat of like, oh, Jumbo's out there, man. We should get him. Like how I said, like that's how the story should have went, maybe. And they did it did, and it was just, nope. He's just in a bed in a convent yeah. or hospital or whatever homeless shelter. Yeah,
0: yeah, just leave him there. And then okay, so we got the follow up here, Troika. So this was this was another one that crossed off my list of villains I wanted to see show up to fight Asriel was the KG Beast, but the plot was a little hokey for me but they only had four issues for this but we got bruce finally back as batman when you started reading this did you did you try to figure out the costume change
2: yeah i saw no difference at all
0: yeah kelly jones starting this off really didn't do anyone favors because of his stylized art
2: other than batman being like it in a gargoyle mode and on like rocks with a really spiky cape yeah, I saw no differences. Yeah,
0: there was it was like a onesie essentially. There was no differentiation between boots and pants or gloves or anything like that. I think the gloves were jaggy too. I think we mentioned that his gloves were more spiky.
2: I mean Batman's always in the darkness and the shadows and such, so it's just like you can't really tell what's going on. Right, and with with that style. And
0: with Kelly Jones doing it, it's doing no one any favors. That's kind of saying mm-hmm. having someone else like Jay Lee. Hey, Jay Lee, draw Batman. It's just, I can't really see anything except these weird
2: wires and shadows. Right. Or Ashley Wood. Yeah.
0: I like those artists, but if you were to say what's new about it, F- fucking, I don't know. Their style yeah. is to be dark god i'm trying to think now it's been it's been a few weeks since we've talked about it read it is there anything that came out to you for troika did, is there anything you liked about troika at all or what you did no. And, like, <laughs> no
2: honestly i i really did not like troika as the story that it's like ah bruce wayne's back as batman what's he gonna get into first and it was this story It was like Ugh. I mean, the threat of having nuclear weapons smuggled in and stuff was kind of neat. But other than that, it was just like, get these jobbers out of my face.
0: I feel it's been done before, many times. Yeah. There's a nuke somewhere in the city and you have to stop it. And yeah, there was history with the one guy that was going to set off the nuke, but we never saw him in this entire run so far. And then... I kind of wish it was just KGBs getting his revenge. I feel that would have been better, just <laughs> going after Wayne Corps, Wayne Tech, or whatever the fuck it's called at this point.
2: Was the Vamos guy's... Or was that his name, Vamos, the blonde-haired dude, Russian cut, guy? Dude,
0: gun to my head, I
2: couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Because I'm pretty sure we saw him earlier oh, no, as that well. Was,
0: that was Colonel... Uh, it was yes, Colonel he Vega. was
2: in the search. Colonel Vega. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of yeah. just vanished Hello, in the like-
0: search. <laughs> and... And then he just shows up in this, and I don't know. It just seems slapdash. I feel this story would have been better if... I mean, I, I did like it, but I felt it would have been better if it was just KGBs trying to nuke Gotham. He didn't have these other guys kind of mucking around and making it a little confusing, you know?
2: Yeah. the I mean, the guy with, like, the weird patches all over his skin from, like, the uranium poisoning, that was kind of neat. But it was just... Yeah, overall, the story was not very... I, I got nothing... Either order, or really say about it. It wasn't really needed. Yeah. You feel?
0: Yeah, this was just yeah. the 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 final bridging point, I suppose, for Bruce to come back and take over the mantle. Just a foundation for what's going forward, as well as showing off his new costume, which then immediately got changed within three issues or something like that. <laughs> like at the beginning of Troika, he's like this new outfit, and then at the end of it, it's just all right. Well, now I got a new newer outfit, and with that, do you have a rating for this?
2: So, if we're separating Prodigal and Troika from each other, Prodigal, I would go with a seven. Uh, I just don't like the way it was written and with the overall story, but, but on its own merit, it's not too horrible. Um, I think there's, it's just a, it's like a foul ball. <laughs> I don't know. Well, That's you also,
0: you probably also read it a little bit later than us, so you didn't get the breath of fresh air compared to me and jonathan after putting up with the search and the crusade and night's end and all that nonsense that was just really bad it was just a anything is better than this by the time we get to it you know
2: yeah i, I could be exactly what i was experiencing, experiencing as well i mean you got to read um, you
0: got to be fucking mr miracle in between this i imagine so you've probably yeah. have a little bias there because you read something amazing as Mr. Miracle. And then you come into this and it's just like, it's, 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 it just doesn't play.
2: Yeah. I, I was trying to take the best bits from it and they had a lot of good things in it, but just as a whole, I feel like it was a miss, but I would still recommend it as opposed to some of the last couple of volumes we've been reading. I think you should just kind of maybe skip to this one after it's like, skip all the search and everything. Just, just <laughs> fucking skip the search and go right to this one. So what, you're, what you're
0: saying is, after who rules the night, just read this.
2: Yeah, go right there.
0: Well, you said you said Prodigal by itself is a seven. What would, just for shits and giggles, is it, uh, what would you rate Troika?
2: Troika, just to not shit on it completely, I'll say one.
0: You would rate this better than Lake of Fire or The Search?
2: Um, or worse
0: than those, I should say?
2: Yeah, just because I didn't think it was that good. It just it wasn't that entertaining to me
0: at all. So I'm not going to do the math because I've had a little bit of whiskey here, but we got to do it combined because that's what me and Jonathan. Jonathan had it at a nine. I had an eight. What about you? So this would be what, five? Both of them together.
2: Yeah. I would say, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you put them together like that, I would just say a five or a six, a six, I guess. We'll go with six.
0: Okay, six. So, yeah, all together we got that. We got Prodigal and Troika at a seven point six. Yeah, you were the one that didn't really care for this too much out of all three of us. Uh, Oh yeah, the email question. It was fuck. What was it? Nineties revamped characters. Was there any nineties characters from the nineties that got revamped that you really liked their design wise?
2: Hmm. Uh, I don't know about design wise, but cardiac from spider-man i liked it i liked him he showed up uh recently in dan Slot's spider-man like right before the spider-verse stuff and yeah, like four they years didn't, ago yeah and they didn't redesign him at all and i thought that was fucking awesome because yeah. what i think it was eric larson who was drawing them that i thought yes. looked really
0: cool 361 oh that's Cardiac. yeah and
2: I, I and i think it was baccala who did the run currently with like cardiac, uh, being running his own, like underground health clinic or whatever. And yeah, so that was some cool stuff
0: with cardiac. I think that was you, God, I can never,
2: yeah, I think that was him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their styles are similar as well.
0: Yeah. Cardiac's kind of uh, cool, but it's just his, his stupid, he's got the pouch syndrome where he's got the dumb leg pouches around his thighs and stuff like that.
2: Yes. But- hmm revamped those the savage dragon count considering that he's kind of a different character
0: <laughs> well in the 90s he was always the same unless you're talking about
2: i mean like you have dragon now Now it's malcolm yeah
0: but we're we're talking about like the the insane like the boom of the 90s the, the guy emailed in saying how essentially every single character went through some type of change you had the, the leather jacket avengers or Teen Tony yeah. the clone Thor with the stupid belly shirt. Ooh, yeah, that Thor costume. There's some, yeah, there's a th- the thing I just remembered, the thing from that we talked about the Mrs. Fantastic with the or Invisible Woman. Mrs. Fantastic, listen to me. We t- we were talking about <laughs> the Invisible Woman with the boob window. I just remembered
2: that Wolverine fucked four up. four boobs. Uh, right. Yeah.
0: Wolverine fucked up things face and he wore that bucket for no reason.
2: Uh, I mean, I guess with Anything that like the 90s changed going towards today, I don't even know if it really, know, I'm, I'm behind with like my current issues and stuff, would be like the X Men, the blue and golds. They've still kind of the Jim Lee stuff. A lot of people, yeah, like they still kind of retain that style. It's obviously been changed a little bit, but you yeah, know, Cyclops. if you see Wolverine in a book, yeah, yeah Cyclops, Cyclops just you know, he's always back. got this.
0: Well, no, he's, he's he's got the 90s look back now, he's got the pouches and the. The, the blue and yellow look instead of the usual militant or that awful red and brown X face thing he had for a bit.
2: Yeah. But I, don't I don't know. know. I'm, like I said, I'm behind. I read Marvel Unlimited, so I'm on a six-month delay. Yeah. And I just saw one of the X books where it's – I can't remember what X-Men book it is, but it's Jean Grey Iceman. It's the, you know, the original lineup, but apparently Cyclops is dead, and Ice there's ben a red. young – it's not red, but it was a continuation after Red, I believe. Oh, but okay. it's, it's uh, Phantom X's body with Professor X's mind. <laughs> that fucking rules. Yeah, I was just like, this is, seems kind of fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's better than the Red Skull, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's gonna do it for us. I'm surprised Chris didn't say Captain America armor like I mentioned earlier. Maybe you never mm. heard any of that stuff. Um, Not yet, not really Yeah, Next episode is going to be Vengeance of Bane And a couple issues of Asriel Where they get a rematch Bane and Asriel get a rematch And then after that we're going to have our special little one shot And then our next miniseries will be announced So Chris, until next time
2: To be continued Wow, you
0: stuck with the show
2: to the end this
0: show was produced and edited by me, as well as those OSA lovely vocals were by me. Also, a special thank you to Kimberly Lee for the show art. You can see more of her work at KimberlyLeeArt.Weebly.com. If you truly enjoyed this, please share it and tell a friend and vote us five stars on whatever podcast platform you use. That would help us out tremendously. Thank you so much for listening.